Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. I need to put to death that which is a part of my old nature because, see, I picked up my cross and I died to self and the sin nature and I am now a new creation in Christ because, see, I have the Holy Spirit in me that has given me this new life and this new nature as a new creation in Christ. And this is what the Apostle Paul says to the Corinthians in his second epistle. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Colossians. Today, Pastor J.D. gives us a much-needed reminder that as Christians, we're called to die to ourselves every single day. If you're born again in Christ, then you have a new purpose for your life. The habits and tendencies that plagued you before no longer hold priority. In Jesus, there's hope and a new nature for all who believe. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Colossians chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Colossians chapter 3. Our text today is going to be verses 5 through 11. We left off last week in verse 4. Uh, We'll pick it up in verse 5. The Apostle Paul is continuing now, and by the Spirit says, quite bluntly, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, verse 6, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. And here comes now another list. Listen to this list. (laughs) Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Then in verse 9 he goes on, Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, this is very important, listen, in the image of its Creator. Here, verse 11, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. So I want to talk with you about what a heavenly minded Christian's life looks like. In the prior verses, the Apostle Paul has just written about the importance of setting our hearts and our minds on things above, not on earthly things, but on heavenly things, where Christ is seated 
at the right hand of the Father. Now, in our text today, he's basically saying this, because of what God did in the past, and what He has in store for us in the future in heaven, this is how our life should be here on earth. Maybe I can say it a different way. Because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, past, and because of that which we have to look forward to in heaven with Christ, future, it should impact our lives here on earth in the present. What follows are three characteristics, or marks if you prefer, of the heavenly-minded Christian life. And I should probably preface them by saying once again that I have yet to meet anyone of whom it can be said, they are so heavenly-minded, they are of no earthly good. Can we just agree that is not only not true, the opposite is true. Meaning that the more heavenly-minded we are, the more earthly good will be and do. That's what Paul's talking about here. Well, the first one is in verses 5 and 6, and it's that of the earthly nature being put to death. Here, Paul lists six things that are of our earthly nature. He says, first, sexual immorality. Interesting word in the original language of the Greek New Testament. It is the Greek word pornea, from which we get our English word for pornography. Anything that is sin sexually, immorally, sex outside of marriage, sex before marriage, sexual immorality. The next thing on his list is impurity, and then lust, and then evil desires, and greed. And he categorizes all of these, lists them, says of them, that they are idolatry. He then says, and this could be a sermon unto itself, that it's because of these that the wrath of God is coming, and it is. You don't hear much about that in the churches in America today, but the fact of the matter is, the judgment of God is coming upon this Christ-rejecting world. Now, by virtue of the fact, I need you to, to think through this with me. It reminds me of when I was in school, I'm sure you had the same thing happen to you, when the teacher would say, put your thinking cap on. So I would always imagine, you know, this cap, this hideous looking, you know, cap, with the big words thinking on it, and you put it on so that you're able to think. So put your thinking cap on. By virtue of the fact that Paul would say that we have to put the earthly nature to death, 
wouldn't that seem to indicate, and wouldn't it stand to reason, that it's because the earthly nature is still very much alive? Even though we've come to Christ, the old nature, the sin nature, is constantly and continually demanding that we give in to it. It doesn't want to be put to death. And so this side of heaven, as long as we're in these bodies in this fallen world, we're always going to have the sin nature. We will always deal with the sin nature. But the way we're to deal with the sin nature is not to deal with the sin nature. And I'll explain what I mean by that. In other words, it's non-negotiable. So here's the sin nature. If you can bear with me, I'll try to personify it by way of an illustration. Here's the sin nature. Hey, let's talk. Can we just talk about this? Come on. I, I know you're in Christ, but hey, hello, I'm here. Our response, no, I'm not going to talk to you. No, let's, let's just come to an agreement. No, no, you need to die. I need to put to death that which is a part of my old nature, because see, I picked up my cross, and I died to self, and the sin nature, and I am now a new creation in Christ, because see, I have the Holy Spirit in me that has given me this new life and this new nature as a new creation in Christ. And this is what the Apostle Paul says to the Corinthians in his second epistle, chapter 5, verse 17. Listen, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, died, if you will. Behold, all things have become new. So now we have this battle between the old nature and the new nature, the earthly nature and our new heavenly nature. So in this battle, somebody's got to die. Guess who it is? The old nature. Here's a second one. It's in verses 7 and 8. It's that the heavenly minded Christian doesn't live as they once did. Uh, I was thinking about when Paul was writing to the Corinthians, and in the context of, I mean, gross sexual sin, homosexual sin, and he makes this comment concerning that lifestyle, and he says, as were some of you. What? What? Yeah, there were born-again Christians in the Corinthian church that had come out of, been delivered from that lifestyle, and given this new nature. And now in Christ, they don't live like that anymore. Now, this is interesting, because Paul, again, is putting the onus on us with this list here, and he says that we need to rid ourselves. We need to rid ourselves. Get rid of this. 
What? Oh, such things as anger, rage, different word in the original language of the Greek New Testament. The word for rage is the Greek word thumos, where we get our English word for thermos. And it carries with it the idea of this explosive rage. Rid yourself of that explosive rage. Rid yourself of anger. Rid yourself of malice. You know what this word malice means? It's taking great delight in somebody else's misfortune. It's being happy when somebody else is <laughs> that you don't like. And right now, just as I said that, somebody just came to mind, didn't they? I'm going to leave that between you and the Holy Spirit. But it's this idea of, it's malicious. You have these malicious thoughts towards somebody. That's malice. Get rid of it. How about this one? This is a biggie, especially, sadly, within the Christian church, slander. You know what's striking to me? Throughout the New Testament, there's lists like that which we have before us today. And in that list, you'll find things like murder. And in that same list, you'll have with murder, gossip. What? Yeah. Why? Because of how destructive it is. Slander is included in this list because this has to go. You better get rid of it before it gets rid of you. I heard one say it this way, deal mercilessly with sin because sin will deal mercilessly with you. Don't let the enemy just, you know, oh, it's just this little thing. Oh, <laughs> and then filthy language. There's a common denominator with all of these, and I want to talk about that here in a moment. But I point this out because the old nature still insists that we cooperate with it. And the old nature does not want us to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and our new nature. And this is what brings us to the third one that I want to spend the remainder of our time on today. It's in verses 9 through 11. The heavenly minded Christian, the life of a heavenly minded Christian will display and I'm choosing this word for a reason, an identifiable change. Identifiable change. It will be identifiable. You'll, you'll notice that there's something different about that Christian. Now, Paul is going to expound more on this in the following verses, but here he's explaining how we get rid of, we take off the old, take it off, get rid of it, and put on the new. And the idea here is that of taking off the old grave clothes, off the old nature, and instead clothing ourselves with Christ 
in the new nature. And again, Paul's going to talk about this in the next uh, verses that follow. Whether we realize it or not, we draw conclusions about people based on how they're dressed, right? They've done studies. You've heard about the studies they've done where they'll take a guy and they'll put him in shabby clothes and he'll go into a business and nobody, you know, even bothers to ask him if there's anything, you know, they can do to help him. The same day with the same people on the same shift at the same business, they send the same guy back in dressed up. I mean, woo! Sir, may I help you? Hey, come on in. You must be someone of means. You must be somebody important. I mean, after all, look at how you're dressed. (laughs) Those clothes ain't cheap. And by the way, nice shoes. You know where I can get a pair of those for like (laughs) $29.99? Probably $3.99. A while back I was waiting for my wife and I wandered into Nordstrom's. And nothing against Nordstrom's. I hadn't been into a, I don't get out much, literally. I do not get out much. So I I just thought, you know, I'm just going to go look at men's shoes. You know, I'm not going to buy any shoes, but I just want to see, you know, what because Nordstrom is, is known for their, you know, shoes. So I go in, and I, even now I'm speechless. And for me, that's really saying something, because I, here's the shoe, and I'm looking at this thing, I'm going, oh, that, that looks, you know, very basic loafer. And so I pick it up, and I almost dropped it, literally, because the price was like $500. I'm like, are you kidding? Is this, a, where's the... Oh, this, this is a joke. There's a hidden camera, right? They're looking at the response that people are going to... No, there wasn't. That was the price of those shoes. Just to keep my sanity, I think I went to another... I think it was uh, Payless. Yeah, Payless. Just so I could make sure that I hadn't completely, you know, lost my... $500. True story. This is interesting. I just thought of it from back in my car days. So this young kid goes into a Cadillac dealership. I mean, he's wearing just jeans and a t-shirt and, you know, tennis shoes. I mean, just a young kid. None of the salesmen would even bother to look at him, let alone ask him if they could be of help to him. Until finally, one of the younger salesmen just started, didn't know any better, basically just comes up to the kid and says, hey, can I help you? To which the kid responds, well, as a matter of fact, you can. And he proceeds to take a list out of his pocket of all of the Cadillac stretch limos that he would like to order for his dad. James talks about this. So you're at church one day, and in walks somebody with, I mean, bling, dressed really nice. They pull up in one of those Cadillac limos that this kid ordered. And what is our tendency? What, is, what do we do? 
Well, first of all, we've identified, identified key word, that individual as being wealthy and important. And so we treat them accordingly. This is true for us when we're clothed in Christ with the new nature. We're identified with Christ because we're clothed in Christ. Let me say the same thing in a different way. We take off those old clothes that we were identified with in the old nature, the anger, the rage, the pride, the arrogance, the malice, the slander, the even the language. You can I, I my son came back from college and uh, he's here for the summer, and we were just talking about college life, you know, campus life, and he he's the he's in a frat, and he's the chaplain for the frat. Oh, just, And he was telling me, he said, you know, there is nothing more disgusting than a beautiful young lady with an ugly mouth. And he was sharing with me about at this one frat thing they were having that uh, he basically told this really attractive young lady, kind of sad actually, said, you are so beautiful on the outside, but do you realize how ugly you are when you talk like that? You've got a really foul mouth. So I was like, man, did she like slap you after you said that? (laughs) Here's where I'm going with this. So we're clothed in Christ. And so now, instead of being identified by the old nature, there's something different about us now, because we don't talk like everybody else. Hmm. Uh, He doesn't tell those dirty jokes like everybody else does. And oh, this is again, you'll forgive the reference. He, He will hate my guts if he knows that I keep drawing attention to him. But uh, Levi, I mean, he, he never speaks a foul word, you know, a, a curse word. And this has made him stand out, as you might imagine, on campus. And they always identify him that way. Why? Because he's a Christian. And Christians don't talk like that. The book of Colossians takes you deeper into the theology and doctrine of Christianity as the Apostle Paul emphasizes the deity of Jesus. As you learn about Jesus as the perfect man who walked the earth, you also need to embrace the fact that he is God. He has the right to be the judge, to tell the world of its sins and failures. Yet Jesus instead went to the cross to die for that sin, your sins. He poured love and grace out to a hurting world, giving all the opportunity at new life through his death. We're so glad you joined Pastor J.D. today to study the book of Colossians. We pray it's been an incredible encounter with Jesus. Today, you may be feeling called to tell someone else about Jesus and how he can change their lives. That can be intimidating, but it doesn't have to be. 
There are simple ways to share your faith, and you can find an excellent resource on our website, InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Pastor J.D. has simplified the gospel into the ABCs of salvation. These are the basics that everyone needs to know. Just click the link on our website and you'll see how easy it can be. Know that we're praying for you too as you answer Jesus' call to share the gospel. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you join us for our worship services. Bring your friends and family along too. It's a great time of fellowship and learning about God. Find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for being part of our time here today. We hope you'll tune in again for another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Ooh, ooh, ooh.